Hello from Cybrary, and welcome to the show. If you've been enjoying the Cybrary podcast or 401 Access Denied, then make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cybrary.it. From all of us at Cybrary, thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Cybrary Podcast. I'm your host, Will Carlson, Senior Director of Content here at Cybrary, and I have the distinct privilege today of being joined by two amazing guests that do wonderful work and have partnered with Cybrary as part of our Impact Hub, but Michaela Barnett and Arthur Pryor with Blacks and Cybersecurity. I will not even endeavor to uh, tell the audience more about both of your backgrounds and history, and I'll get out of the way and let both of you do that. So Michaela, Arthur, y'all can flip a coin for who goes first. Sure. I guess I'll go first. Um, hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today with Cyberry. We love partnering with them and being a part of their Impact Hub. I'm Michaela Barnett. I'm the founder and executive director of Blacks and Cybersecurity Headquarters Incorporated, or Blacks and Cybersecurity. Um, today, we're excited to share with you our mission, our vision, where we're coming from, where we're headed, and how we can best integrate with holistically uh, cybersecurity overall. So without further ado, I'll also uh, queue up for our director of operations, Arthur Pryor. Hey, yeah, like Michaela mentioned, my name's Arthur. I am the Director of Operations for Cybersecurity. Um, so a lot of what I do is uh, programs. So we have like a really great red team development program, uh, speakers, mentorship, um, all the programs that big offers to, you know, better and help make our members more well-rounded. Um, I kind of oversee all of that, make sure everything goes smoothly. Um, but yeah, super excited to be here. Thanks, Cyberry, for having us. Yeah, no, thank you both again for being here. You know, I wonder if, if you could give us a little bit of the background about Blacks and Cybersecurity and, and, you know, what kind of caused your organization to be founded? You know, what was the origin story here? And, you know, what's what's your organization's mission today? Sure. Um, so Blacks and Cyber started as a group of people. Pardon my cat. She might be yeah, in the background. But Blacks and Cybersecurity, um, we started as a group of people. Um, I started it um, with a group of college friends. We came to the D.C. metro area in search of knowledge going to different B-sides or local conferences. And uh, we just wanted to connect with other people who went to HBCUs or were also working in the Black community to help bridge gap of resources and just other hobbyists and people who just were tinkers and wanted to explore. So one became two, two became four, and we kind of grew as this um, group chat that kind of transitioned to an organization. Um, we were able to really just kind of conference hop and like meet people and then share PDFs or classes and class materials. So it was really exciting in those early days to just share stuff and, you know, get to know one another. So with that, um, we had one of our first mini cons at Greenbelt, Maryland. I remember that. Um, there maybe was like 40 to 30 of us crammed in a little room in the library, but that definitely just started like an amazing wave of just opportunity, knowledge sharing, learning from elders and people just being able to connect. So it was really exciting. Um, and from there, we were able to plan our first winter conference uh, in February of 2020, right before quarantine. So it was really cool. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an interesting origin story, Michaela. I know um, Cyberary is one of our original offices was over in the Greenbelt area. So, uh, you know, we have a, a cool. similar background and comeuppance, as it were. Um, that, that's really fun. Did you, Michaela, did you, did you expect at any point in time in those early years that uh, you'd ever find yourself this busy with, with all of this work? Definitely not. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> now it's just, you know, more of a casual thing. And now we're, you know, we're kind of globetrotting and still kind of being that premier organization. 
spearheading and trying to find new creative ideas to like just, you know, bridge that gap and, you know, expose, um, you know, tankers and hackers in our community to the world and just show the world what we can do. So um, it's definitely been a whirlwind five years or coming up on five years. And I'm really excited on like, you know, the things we're going to do next and the programs we're going to do. So it's really exciting. Yeah, no, that's great. You, you've, you've grown really fast in those five years, so fast, in fact, that you you have a need for people like Arthur to do what it is he does every day, right? Definitely. We. I honestly wish I could duplicate Arthur two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Michaela, maybe we should go to work on that. I know I've got a short list of folks on, on my side, too, that I'd love to duplicate and replicate uh, or on, on my team and in my life, for sure. So I, I think we should try to tackle that one. <laughs> I don't know, though. That might take us out of cybersecurity now that I think about it. So I'll have to double check that one. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, Arthur, I'll pass it to you or you can pass it back to Michaela to talk to us a little bit. You know, help me understand what Blacks and Cybersecurity's mission is today. So, I, you know, I understand where you came from and kind of how you got started. And it's grown really fast. So do you think, you know, has, has BIC owned true to, you know, what you set out to do in the beginning? Has the mission expanded and grown over those five years? Uh, what is that like today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, Blacks and Cyber, our mission is really just to uh, increase the number of, you know, Blacks, African-Americans in the cybersecurity space. Um, you know, a lot of the current cyber community is is not very diverse. So that was a, meet, a need that we were definitely seeking to, to I guess, remedy. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's been the mission since inception and it's definitely still continues to be the mission. Um, I think for me, Blacks and Cyber holds a very particular special place in my heart just because I was so positively impacted, uh, by the community and all the programs and everything that I had to offer. Um, so I'm actually a career changer. Um, so I wasn't always in cyber, uh, I used to do a lot of like data analytics. I majored in stats in college, um, and that was kind of my my thing. But um, you know, as I got older, I realized that I was more so doing that work because I was good at it, and not necessarily because I enjoyed it. Um, so I started thinking about switching into cyber, and I joined BIC, and you know, it was just great. You know, everybody welcomed me in with open arms. Um, I was able to network and meet a whole bunch of people. They provided a ton of resources um, and it really proved instrumental in helping my career change. Um, and, you know, now I'm a practicing cybersecurity professional You know, I'm working on a cloud security team at Walmart Global Tech. And, you know, I, I really don't think I could have done it without BIC. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. That's why it's so fun for me. Like I, I was a mentor on on the cyber on the cyber platform for a number of years before having the opportunity to come on full time. So Arthur, I have a, a little bit of a similar background story myself and kind of how I got to Cyberry, but it's a huge part of the reason that it's so exciting for me personally that Cyberry is partnering with organizations like BIC uh, because we just have so much uh, you know shared and in common and our objectives and what we want to accomplish. Um, you know providing opportunities for people to grow and upskill and get that mentorship and, and to continue to train and to, Arthur, to your point, make make career change is such a hugely impactful thing. And I think, you know, from a cyber perspective, if we're, we really are focused on trying to have a positive impact on the capacity and the capability in our market. And we believe that, you know, what we do as a company and providing training is definitely part of it. But partnering with organizations like BIC is another huge piece of that because there's just... You know, unfortunately, such a shortage in um, qualified people to take on roles in our space. Um, 
So again, thank you both uh, for the partnership. It's really exciting for me personally, and I know for Cybrary as well. And I wonder, let me ask a little bit of a pointed question, um, just for anybody that may not be putting the pieces together, which, you know, at this point, I'd like to think is a little bit impossible. But um, why, in both of your opinions, is diversity in cybersecurity so important and critical to our success as, as a, a field? Yes, um, I definitely believe that it's critical to our success, just not only to get different backgrounds and different people um, involved, but also to just expand that, I guess, that neural library of experiences and makes cybersecurity not only like accessible, but just applicable to our daily lives. Um, we're becoming more and more integrated with technology in every process, you know, everything from your shopping to your grocery list to your work to everything. It's just, you know, working from home, um, you know, shipping things across the world. So it's really important that we have everybody all hands on deck and everybody as many people as we can included in that discussion so that it's not at all cutting people out of resources or making it harder for people to get them, but definitely making it easier for people to get them, maybe making it easier for literacy to be you know, um, a thorough curriculum that everyone is taught at some point. Um, I could go on, but just just for the betterment of our processes that are developing and just the betterment of our field. Great. Arthur, anything from your perspective? I definitely echo everything that Michaela said. I think uh, she was spot on. Yeah, you know, for, for me, it's so interesting, right? The the When we frame this in the the view of what adversaries and threat actors are looking to do against all of our organizations, they're certainly not bringing the same old solutions all of the time, right? So I think, unfortunately, they'll use the same solution when it works all the time. But as soon as we come up with a diverse or a creative solution or a new way around what it is they're accomplishing, they're going to try to find another way around as well. So I, you know, for myself, I think it's so important in our field that we have diverse points of view so that we have diverse solutions to solve a really complicated problem. Um, or we're just never going to win. Uh, you know, I, I wonder, in your experiences, how have you seen diversity really play into, you know, as an industry, how we creatively solve those problems? Yes. Yeah, so I definitely believe that, um, you know, diversity helps us creatively solve those problems because I guess saying what I was saying earlier or reflecting on what I was saying earlier, um, we just need different perspectives. Like one person could literally be like, oh, you just move this over here. And then other people could be like cracking their head against it. Like, what do I do? How do I do this? How do I make it accessible? So I just think that you, it, it's just a genuine need, especially now. It's just, especially as we kind of expand and grow, it just, it's something we're going to need to focus on and just build pipelines to, you know, have in the infrastructure to keep it going as we build our processes as well. Yeah, I'll completely agree. So I will I will admit I'm not as young now as I used to be. And uh, there are a number of creative solutions on my team that come from people much, much younger than me uh, that solve problems in a way that I would never, <laughs> never have considered just as a, you know, not necessarily, you know, I was the age they are at one point in time. So that's not necessarily a diversity of my background or my, my uh, culture or society, but definitely a diversity at how old I was when technologies were around and just the way that that can change our problem solving and our approach to solutioning has just in my career been really, really amazing. Um, and I know even across my team and teams that I've been a part of, when, when the makeup of our teams are so much more diverse, the ways in which we creatively solve problems is just so much richer. Um, and so that's clearly an important part of it, right? Just the diversity, uh, you know, 
as a core pillar of what it is we're out to accomplish. But I think another thing that BIC really does is, you know, great, there is absolutely that diversity concern, but we have to have people that are skilled and qualified to do the work that also help with the diversity piece. And I know BIC pours in a lot to, Arthur, some of what you were saying, making sure that um, members of BIC have access to experiences and other people to help them really hone their skills and their craft. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about that, about how that shows up for BIC and for BIC members. You know, I kind of feel like um, cybersecurity, a lot of it um, is really about being self-taught. You know, like technology is constantly evolving um, and you really need to, you know, stay on the forefront of, you know, new developments as they occur. Um, And with that, you know, you kind of have to be provided resources in order to teach yourself things, you know. Um, And then for me personally, when I was first getting started in cyber, like I had no idea, you know, I didn't know cyber existed. You know, I didn't really know too much about CompTIA and their um, training. I didn't know too much about anything. So, you know, coming to BIC and then them providing like, hey, you know, we can hook you up with a cyber subscription. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, for the first month, I probably was on cyber every day for like hours just because (laughs) it was so amazing. And I was like, man, I didn't even know all of this existed, you know. Um, I think another big program that we have that was like truly influential for me was our red team development program. Um, So I was definitely interested in the red teaming aspect of things um, and coming to BIC and being able to meet, you know, people who are actually practicing penetration testers, red teamers, and kind of talk to them and pick their brain and see, you know, what do they think? Like what works, what doesn't work, what should I be studying? And then also to be provided access to you know, resources and materials to uh, hone my red teaming expertise. I think that was like phenomenal, you know. But like I said, it goes honestly beyond the technical aspect. Um, so mm-hmm. like, we also have a a public speaking uh, program series okay. where, you know, we uh, kind of take some of our members and teach them how to give talks at conferences. And I'm like, that's like a critical skill that, you know, is not technical, but is super important. Being able to convey your findings, talk about the different things that you do, that you plan to do, that you have done. I think that's super important. So, yeah, I think you know, from a, a programmatic standpoint, you know, Bic really uh, is doing a great job and I have personally benefited and I hope that, you know, anybody who joins Bic will also see the tremendous value that I saw in it. Yeah, no, I think that's great, right? Um, it's so interesting in this field. Uh, people on the outside, I think, often think that cybersecurity is a, a very technical field and that that's the only way to get into it. But and, you know, Arthur, the, the red team side of it definitely tends to be one of the more technical uh, of, <laughs> yeah. the, of the subdomains, right? But so interesting, the, the public speaking, the giving talks that, you know, I, I know in talking with other cybersecurity leaders, how important it is that communication skills are really, really strong uh, for cybersecurity professionals. So hats off to Vic for, for really leaning into that. And, you know, I, I'd love to dig in a little bit with you both about Cybersecurity is not just a technical career field. Um, how have you both kind of see that show up? What encouragement would you have for people wanting to get into cybersecurity or particular people of color that want to break into cybersecurity that may say, oh, well, I'm not a technical person. Cybersecurity is not for me. Well, I would definitely say kind of a touch and base, like uh, with what we talked about before, like there's more, firstly, there's more resources other than like a book or a pamphlet to help you get in, especially with cyber and with YouTube and any other platform, like everything's so 
um, you know, accessible now, especially post quarantine where it kind of had to be. So it's just a lot more accessible for communities that don't necessarily have a public library or, um, you know, a place where people can necessarily, you know, go that you, you can actually just find everything online. You can find communities online, resources. So I think that's really in, impactful yet necessary, um, you know, addition to our society post quarantine. And I think that kind of reflects in our community as well. So firstly, with those resources, secondly, um, for those transitioning, there's communities out there specifically for people transitioning. We have one, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's resources and courses for transitioning folk. I feel like anything that you've done prior can be um, applicable to cybersecurity. Um, You could be a plumber and work in cyber just because you understand like, you know, the, um, the method as far as, you know, problem solving and troubleshooting and having that transferable skill. You could be a teacher or you could be someone who, um, work with paperwork and you utilize those skills in compliance and policy. You know, there's so many transferable skills, um, you know, from, I guess, the outside world into cyber that I think that it just helps not just diversify the field, but also have that or solve that, um, disparity economically because it's a career change you can make with pre-existing skills. Yeah, no, that's great. I know I, I can think of off the top of my head a number of teachers that have broken into the field. Um, I can think of uh, a conversation I had here probably a year ago with uh, with someone that came into cybersecurity from library sciences, which you wouldn't think would make sense, but just the way they approach cataloging and storing of information, and she's now in cyber threat intelligence, right? So it's like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think really interesting. There are tons of non-technical roles that you can get into uh, in the cybersecurity field that Again, Michaela, to your point, there are lots and lots of transferable skills. So my encouragement for people is always to find a community. They'll help you out. They'll help you along the way. Make sure that you're making good, efficient use of your time and avoiding some potential pitfalls. It can be a lot to take in, right? Cybersecurity is a huge field. And I I find at least from my in my past, a lot of some of the struggle people have is they spend a lot of time accidentally wasting time. Uh, but Coming alongside organizations like BIC, the cyber community, can really, really help people make good, efficient use of their time uh, and really help them hone uh, the skills that they need to break into the field. Um, Arthur, to your point, uh, it's not something that most people do particularly fast, but when you have a good guide, it certainly speeds things up. I wonder um, if either of you have any insight that you can share with the audience about, you know, what's next in 2023 for Blacks in cybersecurity or the cybersecurity industry at large that you think people should be kind of looking out for or preparing for? Definitely. Um, I definitely say at Big HQ, we definitely are cooking up new things, um, new programs and new ways to kind of just, you know, be present. We're really excited for our DEF CON Village this year. And we're really excited for a winter conference. It'll be happening in a few weeks um, with a meetup in the D.C. metro area. So we're really just happy to bring back some of our pre-quarantine traditions and also integrate those with our post-quarantine um, happenings. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, we're further, you know, reinforcing and re-infrastructuring our online community for our members. And, you know, we're just kind of um, kind of just, you know, watching the cyber landscape. We're really excited to get involved with new and upcoming technologies. So. Uh, for example, we're excited to kind of explore AI. You know, ChatGPT is definitely really popular now and see what we can do as far as getting people, um, you know, familiar with new processes and seeing where that goes. This year. That's great. Arthur, what about you? What's on your mind as we start, you know, we start tiptoeing into 2023? Yeah, I think Michaela said it already, but I think uh, ChatGPT is going to be crazy. You know, I've been playing around with it a lot at work and it's 
really powerful. And this is, I really think, going to be just the start of just just the beginning. Like, um, and I think that the implications of such powerful AI for cybersecurity is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Like I've already seen people posting different use cases, you know, majority from the the red team side, honestly, but like it, it can make really, really good phishing emails, <laughs> like really, really well-crafted, like would even trick me and I'm on the lookout for these sorts of things, you know? So it's just like stuff like that. Um, super powerful with the code review. Um, so I don't know, like I said, I work in cloud. So like a lot of our stuff is like infrastructure is code. And I can tell chat GPT, like, hey, you know, what am I doing wrong here? Like, do this for me in Azure and it can make it happen. And I just think that's like, yeah, it's it's incredibly powerful. I think this AI is, is definitely the future. That's what I have on my radar, at least. Yeah, it's really interesting. I know when our, uh, our who, he lovingly refers to himself as Cyber's chief thief, but he, Matthew Mullins, our adversary emulator on the team, uh, the first thing he thought is, ooh, better phishing emails, because uh, he definitely knows the pain in the neck that it is even uh, on a red team engagement to write really smart and crafty um, phishing emails. Like he also recounts the point of you get all the way up to sending that first phishing email and you just hope somebody clicks on it because you've done all the prep to set up this red team engagement. And if nobody clicks on your email because it's just no good, <laughs> it all got wasted really, really fast. So <laughs> I know he was really excited about uh, the potentials of ChatGPT for helping him to craft some uh, really good phishing emails uh, for sure. I know that ChatGPT is an interesting one to bring up. I, I won't I won't dwell on it too much because it's not the topic for today. But um, you definitely see people in the cybersecurity space with mixed opinions about it. But I, I think you know Arthur, kind of similar to you, that um, it's getting people talking, right? Um, and the more it surfaces the discussion around the cybersecurity community and the more it puts our eyeballs on that, that kind of emerging tech, probably the better, would you say? Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Lots to come for things like uh, continued uh, improvement in ChatGPT and, and a number of others as well. Um. I guess, again, you know, in the spirit of, you know, we're starting 2023, I know a lot of people have New Year's resolutions. They've decided that they want to do something different with their careers or their lives. So what what advice would you both give uh, to folks that are looking to step into cybersecurity in 2023? Yeah, I think um, the biggest piece of advice that I could give somebody looking to get into cybersecurity is to really hone in on what exactly it is in cybersecurity that you are interested in. Mm. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that cybersecurity is a super broad term and it encompasses so many different careers, you know? Um, and, you know, you really want to develop a skill set that's going to be beneficial to the role that you are looking to pursue. Um, so I think, for example, like, if you really want to be, I don't know, a governance risk and compliance analyst, like you probably don't need to spend too much time figuring out how to craft payloads and, you know, make reverse shells and stuff like that, right? Because you're not going to use those skills. You're not going to use them as a GRC analyst. Um, so I think like really the first step for anybody looking to transition into cyber is, you know, Take a look on Cyberry, look on YouTube and, you know, just get exposure to the different career fields that encompass cybersecurity and pick one. 
you know, which one did you think was the coolest? And if that happens to be digital forensics, if it happens to be exploit development, whatever, you know, you, you now you can start building skills in that particular industry, you know? So I think that would be my number one thing. Pick what you want and then just go at it full force. Yeah, I think that's really great. That's really interesting advice from you, uh, Arthur, um, based on your story, right? So you you had a statistics degree. Like, <laughs> where were you when I was taking stats? I wish I had known. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, really interesting, right? For somebody that has changed careers that to, to notice that cybersecurity is such a big field and you could, even within cyber, you could find yourself doing work that you just didn't end up caring a whole lot about if you weren't careful. Yep. Michaela, what's, what's on your mind? What advice would you have for somebody wanting to break into cybersecurity in 2023? I would definitely say, um, like leverage your social media, whatever social media you're on. Um, I know that over quarantine, like LinkedIn kind of, blew up as far as people microblogging and sharing resources or even classes that they made and giving out free codes or, you know, first 50 people free. So I would definitely like leverage LinkedIn and connect with people who are doing what you'd like to do and people who create content and coursework because you never know. Um, that's definitely a great place to get just on the cutting edge as far as like what people are talking about or what people are learning. Um, and also InfoSec Twitter, even though most people move to Mastodon, so you may want to, uh, you know, leverage both, but there's lots of people tweeting free resources or having really interesting conversations that you can peek in on and uh, pick up some knowledge or, uh, you know, just a new thing to learn. So that's really exciting to you. Um, I don't see you very much on Instagram, but definitely just leveraging your social media because you're scrolling through it anyway, you know, whenever you're sitting down or driving, well, not while you're driving, <laughs> you <know? laughs> whenever you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing. Um, just, just leverage the basics, you know, you can do social media or if you're a reader, you can pick up books, uh, from no starch press or, um, other like independent publishers. So, um, or you, if you have a tablet or a smartphone, you can, uh, download your library app and, or YouTube and leverage those things. And, you know, just kind of integrate learning daily into your daily routine. And then you'll see a lot more happen over a longer period of time. You know, I'll say as we're coming to down down to the end of the episode in our chat today that I am super impressed that both of you and all of the answers that you've given um, and all of the advice that you've provided, even what you just shared, Michaela, like um, so many of those things are things that BIC actually does as part of BIC membership, right? So, you know, hats off to both of you for what you're doing in BIC um, to help provide experiences that really amplify all of that. You know, Arthur, you mentioned the mentorship and actually talking to people doing roles and, you know, just so many things in the conversation today I can think of are like, well, that's that's them doing exactly what it is that they're uh, saying that they do. So I would encourage anybody in the audience that wants to connect, um, particularly, uh, well, I guess let me ask this question, uh, Michaela, maybe for you, um, is Blacks in Cybersecurity DC only or do you have other chapters in other parts of the country? Um, actually, so our headquarters region is in the DC metro area, but in your local area, there may be an ambassador that's hosting and like gathering up people for their local chapter or their local campus. And campuses are either college campuses, community colleges, or larger campus, uh, campuses, and then there's high schools as well. So we're kind of rebuilding and reinforcing our ambassador program. And um, our new global ambassador lead, Michael Brown, will be able to kind of curate everybody and, um, you know, help relaunch that. So we're really excited to have those back. Yeah, that's great. That's super amazing. So, you know, if you're interested in getting into cybersecurity and you feel like BIC may be a good fit for you, I'm sure go to the BIC website, check it out, see if there's a local chapter. And 
I mean, I can, I can promise everybody listening that all the things that Michaela and Arthur were talking about today, if it was something that they said, they were very humble in their presentation of it. But you can pretty much guarantee that these are things that they both feel strongly enough about that they're going to show up in the programming um, that's available for members of BIC. Um, I, I guess just to make sure I'm not out of line, Michaela, Arthur, is am I wrong in any of that or was I totally on base? <laughs> no, you definitely, you uh, bullseye, bingo, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's no mystery here that that uh, you know what we've talked about. The answers that they gave today are things that they feel really, really strongly about. So much so that to Michaela's point, you know, five years in, never would have imagined that she would end up here. But this is where we are, where where you're at with BIC uh, and all of those things that they said are important. You can pretty much guarantee they're going to show up in the programming for BIC members. So I encourage everybody listening if you want to break into cybersecurity in 2023. My recommendation is find an organization like BIC. Find a platform like Cyberary that can help support you in that mission because it's so much better uh, when you can go with peers and with friends to help you along the way. Michaela, Arthur, thank you so much for joining us today for the podcast. Excited about continued partnership with Blacks and Cybersecurity and super excited about all the things that Vic is going to do in 2023. Um, I'm looking forward to having you back on the podcast next year and we can talk about all the amazing things that Vic accomplished in 2023. Thank you both. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.